Hello, and welcome to the Betsy Boss Podcast. Welcome back. We're back here for our third week of coverage on the Ruby Frankie and Eight Passengers case. And let me tell you, things are about to get a lot sadder, weirder, (laughs) scarier. But before we dive in, I did want to just address something that happened this week. And it comes from the house of Honey Boo Boo. And I feel like it just, it warrants saying that there was a death in the family. It's very sad, though. And just seeing the oldest daughter, Lauren, which, meanwhile, they gave her the nickname Chickadee, which, like, I don't think she ever had a nickname or went by the nickname. Regardless, though, she had two daughters and... The oldest daughter is apparently the legal things are in the works for her to be in Mama June's custody. Although interesting, I saw this off topic and then I'll get back to it real quickly. This psychic on TikTok and then I found her on YouTube and she like covered. So the way I like got into it was the whole arrest in the Biggie and Tupac. Oh, interesting. And she had apparently, like, people kept tagging her because apparently she had said that Diddy would be, everything would come out with his ex-wife, Kim Porter. And that and like, it is now. And it is. It's apparent. So, but apparently, so I went into the comments I am going to publish this. I got news for No, you. I know. That's why I'm like kind of talking yeah, like her. In a special way. But it was really interesting because I went into the comments and somebody else was like, oh, my God, you have to go in and look at the, her reading or like whatever on John Bonet. Stop it. Classic. So I couldn't find it and then I finally found it on YouTube and watched the whole thing. I have to be a hundred percent honest, based on the and this is like psycho wit apropos of nothing. Yeah. Like I know well, but like I know too much and like not gonna explain it here. So you have to be like following <laughs> it. But essentially what she said was that John and Patsy were like involved in the sense of Patsy kind of had a suspicion that what was going on was potentially going on and John was essentially setting JonBenet up with contacts business contacts that like wanted to put her you know in like compromising situations or whatever oh, and god like what as a like teenage or as a teenage as a child bride like slash as a like pornographic semi-pornographic like whatever like wow that's so interesting and and so apparently what she said and i gotta be honest i like subscribe to this it has reignited like my interest in this or whatever because i'm like i think she could very much be on to something especially because what has been leaked after the grand jury was that john and patsy were not indicted on like murder or Mm -hmm. whatever it was like Whatever the charge was, it was essentially putting John Bonet in harm's way, in danger, knowingly, like putting her in a situation as a guardian, whatever. Like it wasn't murder. And so there's so much more that's not included in that. And I think she kind of like bridges the gap, like kind of closes the story there. I would not be surprised if something was going on. John was involved. John knew kind of what was happening. Patsy had suspicions. And then when it came to fruition, she was like, oh, my God, I can't believe this. And, you know, stuck by John. But, like, 
I don't know, had suspicions. That's fascinating. And I wonder, so does she commonly do stuff like this, the psychic? She does. She does like more celebrity type of deals oh and stuff like that. Is and she like, like big? Can we talk? Well, what's funny is so, and we talked about this before, we went and saw a psychic a few years back, probably right before we started the podcast. And she was a fraud with a oh capital F. Well, I got to be honest, though. I think she might have had a heyday. And yeah. Then, and yeah. then maybe like Went mental health or like something. <laughs> God, she was telling us about like dogs and people in the basement. I was scared to death. Yeah, like her awful. son and like the dogs were locked a in the werewolf basement. was like coming up from the basement <laughs> while we were there. Well, here's the other thing. She predicted that like both of our whole families would die uh, within the and year. And they're still and they're all still alive. Kicking, all literally. Of them. All and the of people them. she said would live forever are dead. This is her. Sloan Bella. One million views four years ago, but like she came up on TikTok too. So, so I mean, God, here's a call out to Sloane Bella. If you'd ever come on our podcast and talk to us about John Bonet and some of these other crime situations, it would be amazing because we went to our psychic, the Quack, back in the day. And this is no shade at psychics generally. We love psychics and no hate, no shade. We've been to great psychics. Oh, yeah. Good experiences. And yeah, just wonderful. And this woman had great reviews. We went to her. And we were very hopeful. She told us our whole families were going to die. They're oh, my still God. Kicking. And she also completely lost her train of thought several times during the conversation. She wouldn't let both of us sit in the same room at the same time with her. We could hear each other through the walls. Though, <laughs> was, like, as oh. well as the werewolf in the basement. Oh, my God. She was an absolute yeah it was it was scary i don't know it was i felt like it wasn't good i felt like it was like a therapy session for her well i felt like it was like when you go trick-or-treating like back in the day where it's like you go up to a scary house and they're like don't go in to actually get the candy. We went in to get the candy and then we're like stuck in the front hall. Like, yeah. type of oh, thing. we were looking for candy and instead we got cold. Oh, like, God. it was so bad. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> back to Ruby. What are you doing? Ruby, oh, Ruby, do. Ruby, dooby do. Retro, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> so last week we talked all about Ruby and we started to talk about chad and just the different kind of warning signs that we've seen go off and it is just it's starting to get really scary here for the frankie fam and things are not looking like ruby ever should have been a parent and she's looking like kind of a bad person i'm just gonna say it oh if it wasn't for you meddling kids right i never would have gotten caught and your dog oh but anyway so we talked about how ruby and kevin were meeting chad in the wilderness last week and he went to this wilderness program. Again, they sent him away to fend for himself in this horrible wilderness program, very a la Paris Hilton in oh, like yeah. that horrible Can't wilderness hit. child abuse camp death program. And they sent him away for basically doing normal teenage stuff. Now, yeah. we don't know True. what those things were. We have to be honest. There's a, a knowledge gap here. But... We know most likely, more likely than not, that he was doing normal teenage boy stuff. Very much. Like, it's pretty obvious. I don't know. Like Just based on context clues. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And the first step, as you all will recall from last week, was to rip his fucking bathroom door Ugh. that he shared with his brother off its hinges and not allow him to have any privacy. The second step... You're going to death camp Ugh. out in the Hope wilderness. you survive. Hope to see you in 10 months or Good whatever luck. it is. Yeah. So that's where we're coming back. We're wondering Oof. how this reunion's going to go. 
Ruby and Kevin stay over with the kid at the program just to see like a one night experience of the program. Complain, 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 complain the, the next morning. Night. Yeah. Couldn't take it. Mm-mm. One night and they were broken. Yeah. So, you know, how do you think Chad feels after 10 months? Seriously. Unbelievable. So we want to mention this and we're going to get into this topic a little bit more later on. After the abuse allegations end up getting revealed, Jody, who we touched on for the first time last week, Jody's niece and a victim of Jody's abusive practices said that Jody actually worked at the troubled youth wilderness camp that Paris Hilton attended. Y'all, it is coming full circle. Full circle. I'm sorry. Is Amanda Bynes there? I don't know. Amanda, please. Amanda, please. That crazy okay so there are connections on connections here we're doing crazy oh, abusive- and connections on connections you don't even know right i can't wait um for like this is crazy and this is they're all bad connections and it's believed so the program she has is called connections Shut that's why, the that's fuck why i'm up. like dying oh my God, that's yeah. crazy i'm dead the program she sets up with ruby do it's actually believed that not only did jody work at the wilderness death camp that paris hilton was sent to <laughs> death camp. that's not but what it was, it was called, i mean but it was though um but it's believed that jody actually was there during the same that's crazy that paris was sent there at like, the camp it it just gives you absolute like insight into jody's mindset herself like as a practitioner, I don't know. It yeah, just what like was... you're going there and endorsing that, and then not even like going there, seeing that you're continuing to endorse these programs like years later with Chad. I don't exactly, know. It's exactly. Kind of crazy, and like clearly, I don't know. This is just a vicious cycle of abusing children and practices that don't work. And I don't know. It just it gives a lot of insight for sure. So with all that in mind, we're going to pick up this week when Chad comes home from Wilderness Death Camp, a.k.a. Anasazi, in 2019. Kind of like we mentioned last week, we're trying to stick to the timeline, but there are certain things that like we kind of group together or like we're going to jump around, but I think it'll make sense in the end. As you said, Chad comes home in 2019 and then viewers actually don't learn until about May 2020 in a vlog that and and again this was after the family was already living in the home that giant home in Springville like the the mansion the multi-million dollar or million dollar mansion that they moved into so in this vlog Chad found himself facing new consequences from Ruby not long after he came home so we kind of learn like looking back what happened as soon as he came back from Anasazi In the vlog, Chad reveals that he has slept on a beanbag in the basement common room for seven months at this point, which is crazy. That's so sad. Um, And like the whole vlog, if you if you can find it and can watch it, it's very eerie, especially looking at Ruby's kind of like how she reacts and just her expressions. Um, So Ruby decided, obviously, to keep this from the vlog up until this point. But she also then decided to put this in um she didn't exclude this from the vlog and kind of smiles gleefully when chad says like oh yeah i've been sleeping on a beanbag for seven months now that is so scary and and ruby's like oh i don't think our viewers knew that (laughs) haha like oh so funny (laughs) yeah but also like 
the fact that she would reveal that not to mention this isn't a live stream uh, that's exactly like, what i mean like you can edit, edit this. this but she didn't and yeah. that just goes to show you her frame of mind here yeah so she had like a hint of embarrassment but truthfully Overall, it's like, I don't know if it was almost performative, like trying to be like, oh, I'm so embarrassed that like, oh, I don't think our viewers knew this, but like, oh, ha ha, Chad, you exposed it. Like, and I, I truthfully, I think it's like a like sadistic kind of like enjoyment of seeing her son kind of like reliving this punishment. And also, I think it's she's gleeful in see- in showing like wow look at what a good parent I am none of you do this like look at this like extreme parenting style that I'm implement implementing like I don't right know. Chad describes the reason for the punishment in this vlog and I will just say up front this is not behavior we condone at all no um it's not great at, at the end of the day it's nothing it doesn't justify kind of like the reaction that Ruby had in my opinion. Chad apparently woke up RF, his younger brother, early in the morning and told him that they were going to Disney World. This was all a prank. <laughs> RF packed his bags. And I got to be honest, it is funny. really funny. And Ruby, I got to be honest. So it's Ruby, Chad, and AF sitting there together in this vlog. And Chad and AF start laughing. I got to be honest, if you watch it, Ruby has to st- like hold herself from laughing. Like... <laughs> She's like, you know. Right. So he tells RF, like, oh, we're going to Disney World, which especially like being this vlogging family, of course, like very believable. Like, oh, oh, my God, this is great for videos, like whatever. Um, RF wakes up in the middle, like early morning, gets packed. Apparently was out there which is so sad with like his sunglasses and all these things like his little suitcases and all. And then Chad finally says like, oh, wait, it's a joke. Like, no, we're not going to Disney World. Like, ha ha. <laughs> it's so sad. It's sad, but I got to be mean, honest. But it's very funny. It's mean. It's funny. And it also <laughs> like it sucks to be the younger like sibling. Yeah, that's sort of what happens. It, no like offense. it's not good. And I and you absolutely have to have consequences for Chad. For, for this. sure. Um, but but also, I don't think these are the consequences. Well, how about this? How about the fact that like. Where did Chad get the balls That's to a great pull this point. shit after being sent to Wilderness Death That's Camp a great point. in the mountains for wow. months? That's a and great then point. You're gonna pull some shit like that when you weren't even allowed to be a normal teenage boy. I, I, you couldn't. You didn't even have food, shelter, like oh, nothing. nothing. Like nothing. Oh. And you get your door ripped off its hinges. Oh. And now you're gonna pull this shit. I mean, Chad has brass balls i was gonna say chad gives no fucks chad like, gives no fucks. <laughs> this is like i'll take a beanbag for half a year well and this is the one that i think at least in my mind is a little bit more elevated like oh i do not like this yeah this um, one's bad yeah he also <laughs> this one he deserves to this be one like i don't i still don't agree with like the seven months beanbag i think a bed is like normal like standard like bed food shower like all standard things but he does chat admits to pointing a bb gun at rf's face which obviously is very concerning like that i do not like and another event that i don't think was talked about in this video but i think i saw on some of the forums was that god and this i feel so bad laughing but like it's another just this one especially i feel like it's just like a stupid big brother little brother prank he takes rf 
hangs him from the basketball hoop and leaves him there. Which is funny. <laughs> Which is like, and of course, like a little kid is going to be like, oh my God, I'm going to hang I'm on. Because like, huh? that's like, oh, that's such a big drop. Like, I'm not going to, you know, let go or whatever. Like, and obviously someone's going to get him down. Like, or even if he dropped, it's it's not, not going to be bad. Die. Like, yeah, yeah, it's nothing awful. Like, it's, I don't know. To me, if if, if this is the worst that he does, it's very much like typical big brother, little brother kind of like in 10, 15 years, we can all look back and be like, oh, my God, remember when I did this? Oh, yeah, you were awful. But yeah, <laughs> I mean, none of this is crazy stuff. The the BB gun isn't great. Um, Agreed. That's that's honestly the one I'd be most concerned about. Like, oof. yeah, but and even so, like the punishment doesn't necessarily fit the crime. No, no. And he's obviously not learning from any of this punishment. It's a great because point. look what he does right after getting sent to. Death I mean, camp. he's like he's it, within the week. He's like hanging him from the basketball hoop and telling yeah, him he's Disney's, doing everything like, he can. To he's like, oh, thank trouble. God, I'm finally back. Like, and I'm exactly. and I can hang again. my from the basketball oh, hoop again. I can't wait. There is something really funny about change.org petitions in general because sometimes they're for really legitimate causes and sometimes they're for stuff like and this. Some, yeah. So essentially, um, Chad was a fan favorite if we haven't like conveyed that at this point. And there was public pushback against Ruby and Kevin's treatment of Chad. And actually, a change.org petition <laughs> was opened in 2020 to get CPS involved. That's hysterical. And take it a step further. There was actually a hashtag. And you could probably look this up still on Instagram, which oh, I, sure. I should have done. I should have looked up, like, I don't know, when the last post was or, like, when it was most popular. But there was a hashtag, free Chad, which was used especially when Chad was away at this death camp, as we talked about. <laughs> so the public was very much behind Chad and very much against Ruby and Kevin. And like, I don't know, this is, I feel like one of the first public displays of pushback against them, but I don't know. It's just going to get worse. I feel like this is the most mild that they're going to experience. Yeah. This is the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. Um, so meanwhile, in this vlog, though, so going back to it, where it was all revealed that Chad was sleeping on a sleeping bag. Great for his back, I'm sure. <laughs> um, so in this vlog, Ruby sits down next to several of the kids individually or in pairs. Um, and they're just kind of all talking about summer. And she sits down using very Jody language, which we will get into what that means later on. She talks to them about how all their electronics were going to be taken away for the summer, which I can only imagine as a child of like this day and age, that has to be just like you feel like your whole world is cut off. Right. Um, so especially yeah, when that's your only access to like the outside world, pretty yeah. much you're so sheltered. Well, and so the kids all say, and this this is so sad. Um, the kids all say that they don't have friends and Ruby interprets it as like, oh, well, you know, even though I take away like your iPads and your your phone or like whatever, you can still hang out with friends. We can still like connect with them, whatever. And then the kid, <laughs> it's so sad. The kids correct her and are like, no, I, I don't have friends. Like, I don't have anybody that I want to connect to, whether or not like I have a phone doesn't matter. Like, I do not have friends. I don't know people like, yeah, way to go, mom. You know, exactly. you isolated us like fantastic. Like a true abuser. Well, going into kind of the kids' schooling, we talked about last episode that the kids started going to this private Mormon school, and it's getting harder and harder to track 
just like when exactly things happened. But the kids all jump around from private school to homeschooling to public school. There's just there's a lot of back and forth. There's a lot of confusion. And they're generally not all in the same type of school at the same time. So you always have a couple kids here, a couple kids there. Exactly. When there's six of them, you know, it's easier to spread them out. Um, and this is really important because it does kind of go to our next event on the timeline, as well as sort of the progression of Jody's involvement and her mindset and just her children in the current situation. So we're going to sort of see kind of how Jody's able to infiltrate, why she's able to infiltrate, and how the kids being widespread and dispersed makes that easier for her. Yeah, so next event we're we're going to get into is one that has been widely covered and this is just insane to me this whole event and that ruby filmed it thought it was appropriate and like again thought it was like a parent teaching moment in 2020 and again like we said we're kind of jumping around but trying to like group things that how they make sense um this was prior to the video above but after after chad got home from anasazi Ruby posted a video filming herself from a car talking about her six-year-old daughter, EF. So EF was in school. I believe it was the private school at the time, but at least obviously it was not homeschool. Um, and again, she is the, the youngest, the sixth Frankie child. And this is also the child Ruby said she would no longer take to preschool if she could not wake herself up on time as a three or four year old. So, yeah, which again, asinine. So, speaking to the camera, Ruby says that EF's teacher, and EF is in kindergarten at this time, uh, the teacher texted her saying that EF forgot her lunch today and asked if Ruby could bring a lunch to the school. Meanwhile, yes, she's managing her channel at this time and like doing social media stuff like that. But she, her job essentially is her family, her kids. They're away. If it is the private school, they're like 45 minutes away. But at the same time, like. You have nothing else to do. That's what you're doing. I yeah. I try to say it a little nicer, but like truthfully, like what else are you doing? Um, so Ruby looks at the camera and she has this judgmental look and she continues. This happens quite often when you're having, raising children. Because I know her teacher is uncomfortable with her being oh hungry. God. Yeah, like literally so judgmental. Um, uncomfortable with her being hungry and not having a lunch. And it would ease her discomfort if I came to the school with a lunch. But I responded and said, EF is responsible for making her lunches in the morning. And she actually told me she did pack a lunch. So... The natural outcome is she's just going to need to be hungry. Now, this is so fucked up for so many different reasons. Again, the expectation that this young girl would be capable of prepping her lunch every day for school. I mean, there's adults who can't do that. I swear to God, that's so true. Including myself. Oh, my God. I swear. How many times it's like, oh, throw something in. Oh, I don't feel like doing it. I'll just buy it like the cafeteria today exactly exactly but yeah the expectations are just so unbelievable they're also she's treating this like the teacher is being like culturally insensitive or something like that that's one way that you can kind of judge a teacher and an educator for being 
uncomfortable. Oh my god! You, yeah, the teacher should be uncomfortable that the child starving to god, She's to doing death. her job. She's like, doing her job. Like this is child abuse. That person's a mandatory reporter. I would think. Well, it gets worse. So. Um, Ruby does not clarify where the text with EF's teacher ends, but presumably, presumably that was kind of where the text ended. Um, but Ruby continues talking to the camera and she says, hopefully, hopefully nobody gives her food and nobody steps in and gives her lunch. Like, what? uh, like five or six year old. Oh my God. Which like. A kid needs food to get through the day. I swear to God. Like, how do you, how can you, and again, it goes to the fact that like, this isn't something that just happened in your life and you're like dealing with it, like not telling anyone you are broadcasting this, thinking you're in the right being like, look at me. This is parenting 101. Like, this is how how it should be done. Like, Like, and hopefully nobody undermines my parenting by feeding my oh child my god disgusting it's really messed up and just it's super sad too like that this poor child was put through this and probably made to feel humiliated oh, i can't and, like, imagine she screwed up because she didn't pack her lunch when she really had no reason to remember to pack oh my her lunch she's god. a baby and that poor teacher i gotta say like, yeah, like that... how do you handle that as oh a teacher? my god that's gotta be so hard and like god forbid you feed her as the teacher well, right and exactly then you have to go against ruby oh well yeah we'll see ruby is not afraid to take her crazy thoughts and uh song lyrics to the, the oh yeah oh yeah it gets good in this episode in particular we're gonna continue to cover like major family incidents but you can see, and I just want to remind everyone, it will make more sense, but like all these incidents, especially this episode, you can start to see Jody's mindset, Jody's instruction kind of seeping in and just kind of how it's directing the, the Frankie's lives at this point. We will get into Jody's involvement in depth, but I think it's important to lay the groundwork of the eight passengers channel and the Frankie family and how they were primed for what eventually happened. So rolling forward to 2021, Ruby posts a video talking to the camera about some parenting choices that she and Kevin made. And these choices include the following. For the youngest two children, RF and EF, Santa is not coming to town. You got that, guys. Ruby Frankie is the Grinch. I swear to God, she is Scrooge, whatever you want to call her. Exactly. And just as a reminder, these two children are the ones who were allegedly abused while they were under Jody's care. Which is awful. And it also, again, kind of what I I was saying, I feel like this um, establishes kind of a pattern of behavior. You could see Chad was kind of the target and now... He's moved on. He's he's moved out of the house. And now RF and EF, even from a younger age, were kind of always, I don't want to say singled out because there's two of them, but like grouped together and grouped together as like troublemakers. Yeah. yeah, like having problems, like hard to deal with, you know, all that type well, of thing. And again, like her version of hard to deal with Ugh. is so different than anything any of us could imagine. Absolutely. And it's so important to keep in context that – these punishments and these actions wouldn't be justifiable even for much more egregious crimes or much more egregious actions on the parts of the children. But when you pair these punishments with these very innocent actions in oh. most cases, it's just really shocking and goes to show again for the millionth time that Ruby is not a fit parent. So 
But speaking of Santa Claus and the world without Santa Claus, Ruby says to the camera in this vlog, the two youngest are showing long patterns of selfishness. They've been showing through their choices, their unwillingness to repent, their unwillingness to show sorrow over some pretty egregious choices that they've made. So, meanwhile, getting back again, what egregious acts she's talking about, we just An eight we don't and 10-year-old, a ba- barely, like, okay. And yeah. again, in the context of this family and right. the specific, just the way that they frame the acts that Chad was making. You know, it's pretty clear that these egregious acts were not so egregious. We're breathing, living, exactly. like waking Doing up in the, the morning. Like, God. Right. So once again, this is just parenting that's totally disconnected with realistic expectations and with realistic children. Like, yeah. This is not how children act. This is not the standard that you can hold children to. It's harmful, not helpful. Exactly. Like, and the fact that she's holding herself out as this, like, canon parent is just yeah. crazy. It's awful. So Ruby says that she and Kevin sat down with the two children and told them that Santa would visit their siblings, but that he was not coming to town for RF and EF. I mean, how cruel and heartless do you have to be? Why would you ever want to do this and like imprint this memory? Like, oh, remember Christmas. Christmas 2022 or whatever it is? Like, oh, or 2021 when mom was awful? Like, and took Santa away oh, from you and you didn't have God. a real Christmas? Like, what? It's just really sad. The year without a Santa Claus. Exactly. I'm telling you. Ugh. So, and. On top of that, talk about building resentment and anger between the siblings. She's obviously oh, incredibly Pitting divisive. them against each other. Yeah. No, that's so true. Like, of course, this is going to result in them being really jealous and pissed off at the other siblings and curious as to what they did so wrong that the other siblings didn't do. Right. That warrants Santa Claus and being taken eight away. eight and ten, how can you even, like compute that or try to make sense of that like exactly and i wonder if they still believed in santa claus at that point oh i guarantee i especially being in that type of family i feel like so sheltered yeah very naive i feel like that was very important and just like oh a blow to everything oh so yeah i mean ruby and kevin just went on to say on christmas morning your four big siblings are gonna get their presents and you two are going to get the love the gift of love from oh, Ruby and Kevin. Thanks so much. Really the gift that keeps on giving. Wow, I can feel the love. Right? So Ruby goes so far as to explain her reasoning behind this decision, which is, of course, ironclad in opposite oh, world. Oh, t- makes total sense. Total, total Absolutely. sense. So she says that she wanted the two children to have a visceral experience that hit them. Disgusting. Which... Why do you want that to be centered around an eight Christmas? And For an like, eight and ten year old. And again, what the fact that she's not telling us and she puts everything on the computer, everything on blast, mm-hmm. the fact that she's not telling us what these egregious actions were that the children took that warranted such a drastic reaction goes to show at least to me oh there weren't any egregious yeah. actions she just she's cruel for the sake of being cruel and she liked it yeah she loves it she's a sadist and it's really really sad and ruby goes on to say that she kept the two children home from school to clean the floorboards in hopes that it would really cause pain so disgusting again just 
sadistic. I mean, it's one thing to be like, hey, let's all clean the house together. You know, we'll learn a valuable lesson about cleaning and teamwork. No, no, no. I want you to clean the floorboards so that it causes you pain. Right. So you have blisters. You're sad. Like, you're tired. You're aching. Like, why? It's to the bone. So apparently the children were more excited to be allowed to stay home from school than anything else. Shocker. Yeah, exactly. Like, I'm sorry. How is Ruby the mother of six children? And she was, like, bowled over by this Oh, my God, reaction. I can't believe these kids were more excited to stay home than, like, oh, it hurt, than it hurt them to clean the floorboards. Like, no well, shit. And I hate to say it, but I also am a little bit bowled over by the fact that they'd be willing to stay home with her. True. Like, the dragon lady. Oh, Ugh. my God. I would rather go to school. Very true. Ugh. But Ruby says that this didn't affect them because they were numb. Uh-oh. So... The fact of the matter is, Ruby said it herself, she's out to inflict pain on these children. And then when it doesn't inflict pain, she's not happy because she feels like they're numb Ugh. to it. So this is just really important language to pay attention to here. There's a lot of points throughout this story that align with the same kind of cult-like ideology and the bite model. So um, I think we've talked about the bite model we before. Did, yeah. And this is why we spent so much time just covering kind of this buildup and the inner workings of the Frankie family, because it's really, really important to get that, the building blocks, to get an understanding of how this perfect storm came together and how this family was so susceptible to Jody coming in and just letting the house of cards tumble. Yeah, very true. Again, Wiping the floorboards was not enough. Ruby had to up the ante to make her children really feel pain, which is just awful. She says the biggest leverage a little child has is probably Santa Claus. So I think this is just disgusting to say it this way because it implies a motive with a child believing in Santa, which is, I don't know, just a terrible way to look at things in its own right. But more so, Ruby actually means because she's an idiot pretending to know what what these hot button kind of psych terms mean. What she actually means is that nothing is more sacred to a child than Santa. Right. Like yeah, it's not, not the that child. They, yeah. Leverage. Like, oh, mom, I believe in Santa. Wink, wink, nod, nod. Like, <laughs> no, that's not how it works. Well, and not to mention, it just is really sad that. Because it's not even – if they truly believe in Santa, which it sounds like they probably would have Absolutely. at this point. I really think so. Then they're going to equate this as Santa being angry at them, right. not their mom. <laughs> That's so sad. So it's just – I don't know. It's really, really sad that they would have thought this and that Ruby would have set them up to feel this kind of disappointment. So Christmas comes and Ruby had already kind of at this point with Jody's, you can definitely see her influence here. Um, and I don't think this is a bad thing, but I feel like the way Ruby implemented it was like very heavy handed. Um, she implemented a very homemade style of Christmas this year. The older siblings exchanged gifts with each other and everything was homemade. Everything was kind of like a crafty kind of deal. And even on Christmas Day, when the parents gave gifts and Santa came and all that stuff, it was very low key. But I feel like, I don't know, I, it, like, I don't think it's a bad thing. But I think the way that Ruby was kind of like, so intentionally and so just like, 
oh, I really want to show that like we're downplaying Christmas because Christmas, who cares? Like we're not materialistic. Like that yeah, type of thing. Yeah, it's so clearly for show yeah. that she's doing all that, which is the irony to make Christmas not showy and not big and not about expensive things. And then, you know, but oh, wait, we're doing this whole production just to but show we're how film it all. Yeah, we are. Yeah, exactly. So again, I think the intention was good, you know, enjoying the holiday for the family experiences and memories of being together over, you know, expensive gifts and all that stuff. But there aren't many clips of this Christmas, but the few that there are, and it's so sad to see, you can see RF kind of sitting on the side um, on one of the couches and the siblings are opening presents. And you can just see like at eight and 10, he's 10. Like, he can't hide how depressed and how, like, upset he is about the whole situation. Like, he's sitting there having to be, like, everything thrown in his face. His siblings are opening presents and he has to just sit there getting the gift of love from his parents. Right. Oh, I don't know. It's just, it's so, so sad to see. We're going to get into the details with Jody more. But this event was one of the first events that was widely picked up that Jody was involved in. And... It, we're just sort of starting to get those the undercurrents of there's something wrong here. This isn't quite right. This style of parenting is way past strict Mormonism. It's something very different and it's something abusive and cruel. And anyway, nevertheless, Jody's already been involved behind the scenes for a long time at this point. She's She's been sort of slowly working her claws into this family, and she's going to become more and more moved to the forefront as we move forward in our episodes. But just keep in mind, that's why we kind of keep introducing her and reintroducing her. Keep in mind that there's that influence behind all of this and behind all of these actions. Jody is working this family like puppets. Yeah, and you can definitely, like, they've mentioned her, mentioned, like, her verbiage and stuff like that. But looking back, you can totally see like, oh, my God, this is clearly influenced by Jody's kind of thinking and guidance and all that stuff. So that's why we kind of want to cover this and, again, kind of lay this groundwork for the, the Frankie family and the, the events that kind of escalated and then escalated to a point, obviously, that was just terrible. So the last event we're going to cover in this episode is in May 2022, and I feel like this kind of is a linchpin point or like a turning point where you can see that Ruby is just like becoming totally unhinged and is just <laughs> like, oh my God, totally brainwashed. And even Kevin too, just like a hundred percent on Jody's track of thinking and like, I don't Looking know. It's just, it's crazy to watch. So at this point, the, I think it was the middle two children. So the oldest two minors at this, at the current state, um, AF and JF were in public school at the time. JF, for her gym credit or whatever you want to call it, the teacher had put together a, oh my God, and this is like so classic. I feel like way outdated even for that time. Um, <laughs> she put together a flash mob, a TikTok flash mob, where apparently they were like the kids, the girls had practiced these this dance to a compilation of songs and during lunch we're just gonna like get up in the middle of the cafeteria do this little dance and like great it checks the box like good on gym for that year or that semester or whatever it was and the compilation of songs included this one song you might know it 
<laughs> it is uh, Low by Flo Rida. Which actually is hilarious, and it goes to the whole thing that we always talk about with these communities just being maybe five to ten years behind <laughs> where so everybody true. else is. I mean, Low, I think, came out. It's, no, it's it definitely, up. it was at least oh, four, ten years. It was definitely like close to ten years before this. Okay, so actually I was wrong. When it was, was released it? later than I thought. It was released on October 9th, 2007. All right, but still, but though. Still, like, we're I still mean, 15 years yeah, later. Yeah, we're still 15 years later, which is crazy. But that does just go to show. Like, this was big when we were in, like, high school. Absolutely. We, yeah, we hadn't even and we were like, high graduated high school. Like, <laughs> so I can't even imagine. Like, they're behind. Well, and also it was a compilation and it was like a snippet of this song, snippet of that song, like put together. And apparently there, I don't know if it was like the grocery store or like the local grocery store or local hardware store or something like that had used this in the year or so before. You're probably talking about like got low, low, low prices, low prices or whatever, yeah. you know, oh like whatever. And and the fact that it was used on like in Utah, like public television commercials, like fine, it's whatever. It's really fine. Ruby lost her mind, went in to talk to the principal and the vice principal and literally came out crying because she went in and asked the principal if if they endorsed it and they were like yeah I approved it like I listened to it whatever and then she got into like well do you know what this song blah 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 and it was like okay but killjoy but that part of the song is not included and she's like well it doesn't matter if they hear that song they're gonna go home and look up the lyrics like heaven forbid you know your kid's exposed to something anything at all well and not to mention I'm sorry but the lyrics are not that bad. Like, if you ever do look at it, I think the worst it gets is to talk about, you know, apple bottom jeans, oh. you the big booty a slap. Well, I'll I'll get to it because a certain a certain somebody reads it out loud to the PTA board or whatever and it's it is. Excruciatingly and embarrassing. It's, it's it's pretty bad. But I mean, I'm sorry. We talked about this last week or the week before. We were listening to. What would you do if your son was at, at home? home? Crying alone <laughs> on the bathroom floor. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> Sixth but grade. Like, yeah, they were talking about teen moms and, and you she know, was like, poverty. Uh, and sex worker and all yeah, that stuff. Like, really I'm sorry. Yeah. stuff. And these people have a problem with a girl dancing at the club. Yeah. So Ruby comes out again in the car. Car confessions over here. Crying in the car crying all alone in her bedroom car (laughs) and so she's crying and just being like well that's not what god do you think this is what the other parents approve and the principal is like yeah i do and she's (laughs) like well that's not what god like literally like i'm sorry i didn't you are unhinged yeah i'm like i'm sorry when did you speak with god and yeah when did he tell you you what he Uh, i didn't know If God were a DJ. But if God was a DJ, I don't think he'd be spinning any Ruby Frankie tracks. No, he'd be be playing apple bottom jeans, boots with the fur. Exactly. Yeah. And I think it'd be fine. So it gets worse, though, because then they, like, continue to film themselves. So she goes back, obviously talks to Kevin. They speak with, I believe it's the superintendent, like, the next level up. And it's they recap their discussion with him. He's clearly, like... 
an old man that doesn't even know what TikTok is and like they're trying to describe it. But my favorite is they go to a uh, like a like a PTA meeting or whatever and Kevin gets up there. He gets up there and clearly he's the one to get up there and he introduces himself and he's like I'm a professor at Brigham Young University. Like to which all the other parents, you know, were like, "Oh we're God, like, here it comes." Well, no, they were like, "Ooh, <laughs> like, <laughs> oh yeah." This is—is is this the Mormon it's, private school? Yeah. Well, no, it was—it was the public school, but they're still—I mean, they're still—they're all, out they're there. all yeah. Mormon. Like the whole group is Mormon, and they're outside of BYU. Like they're close enough to drive to BYU, so like right. anybody is like, "Oh wow, he's yeah, a he's professor a there." Like wow, um, but. It, <laughs> I gotta be honest. He's like, he's reading the, and here are their lyrics. Like a pornography poster, she, whoa, my, like, <laughs> it's so embarrassing to watch it. Painful. And like, calm down. Like, those weren't the lyrics played at school. I don't know. If, if, if you're so concerned about your own child, you should have control over their phone, what they listen to, what they can search, like all that type of thing. And what commercials they can watch because right. clearly the price chopper down the street thought it was okay. Well, and they're not talking about the pornography poster at the at the local Walmart. The like Exactly. You know, and I don't know. It just, if you're so concerned that this is going to lead them into looking up the rest of the lyrics, shouldn't you be that good of a parent that like you limit their access? Like, well, and- Along with that, too, shouldn't your parenting be so strong that they aren't the type of kids Great who would point. look up those lyrics? Great wouldn't that point. just be, you know, impressionable heathen children, Ugh. not your chaste, clean children? Well, this is a fantastic point to end on because next week we will get into Jody's kind of whole mental mental health, very much in quotes, her perspective and it's all about choice, but only if you make the right choice. So, you know, kind of this whole mentality of choice and parenting, but really it's coming down with a heavy hand. So I think that's a great point to end on. And we will pick up next week with lovely Jody Hildebrandt. And let's just say on a scale from low to high, her standards are low, 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 low. low. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode of Betsy Boss Podcast. If you'd like to find us online, we're on Facebook at Betsy Boss Podcast, on Instagram at Betsy Boss Podcast, on Twitter at Betsy Boss Pod, and our email is BetsyBossPodcast at gmail.com. Also, Betsy Boss is now on both iTunes and Spotify. If you like what you hear, please rate, subscribe, and comment. Thanks again for listening. 